The following is Voices of Experience radio show and podcast. No promotional fees are paid by authors or other guests who appear on the show. If you have comments or suggestions, call the Voices of Experience hotline at 425-653-1166. That's 425-653-1166. Welcome to Voices of Experience on KIXI AM 880 and KKNW 1150 AM. My name is Paul Casey, and we're here with Eric Crema in the studio today, and Eric Ryder, again, working the boards. And uh, you guys are welcome to the show, too, today. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, You're looking out the window here, Eric, at smoke. Yeah, it looks you know, like we're getting some I didn't smoke even realize in. it until you said it. On the, you just said you saw it on the drive-in, and you wanted to know what was going on. I said, well, I haven't looked out the window lately. Sure enough, this looks like that. Remember that summer? What was that summer? About two two summers yes. ago. Well, even oh, last October, we yeah, had, or September. In that time frame, we had a lot of smoke too. This has to be early though, right? Smoke. Yeah, yeah. No, you're and, right. And where did you say it's coming from? Alberta, Canada. It's imported. Yes. Imported smoke. That's right. Imported across the border. <laughs> we can't stop that. No, we can't But, stop. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I didn't notice anything, smoke. you know, until when I was driving over here. And I looked and I looked it up, and sure enough, they mm. said it was uh, coming in from Canada. So, anyhow, hopefully. So, break out the mask. Is that what I'm hearing? Break well, out the mask I, again? I hope not. But, yeah. hey, why oh, not? Hey, uh, that's pretty considered. thick out there. You know, if you're out walking your dog or whatever, you, yeah, it's going to get into your lungs. Eric, you have a spotlight that we can see through through the smoke. Yes. That would be something today you talking about GET, and that's the guaranteed education tuition. That's coming up later in this hour. That's right. Yeah, about the three-quarter mark of the show today, I'm going to be speaking with Luke Miner. Um, And we friends of the show have have heard from Luke from time to time. Uh, The state does a wonderful job with this program. So if you have kids... I don't care if they're, you know, uh, little infants and, and, and you're thinking about future college, you should be listening to this this conversation because uh, the bottom line is it's a great way to save money for, for college. And those prices are only going up. Certainly. And uh, this program has been around for a while, too. Yes. Yeah. So good, good to know. Looking forward to that later on. Uh, we have a, a Maura McDonald here, and she's the environmental director for the Walton Family Foundation. Last week, we talked about really the uh, smoke mm-hmm. and then fires and things like that. Now we're going to shift to water. And specifically, she's going to be talking about how climate change is affecting our food supply. Gotcha. So uh, hopefully by the end of that, we will know that we'll still be able to eat. So wait a minute. Last week, we were talking about smoke. This week, we have smoke. That's right. This week, we're talking about water. Yeah, it can well, be flooded. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All the disasters here. <laughs> Welcome to Voices of Experience. We, we cover them Have before a they nice happen. Day, everybody. <laughs> before they happen. Oh, lighten things up a little bit. Um, well, wait. H. Stewart Elway's coming on. He's a longtime pollster. He'll be here live in just about 15 minutes or so. I have um, Stu on today to talk about, well, let's put it this way Jay Inslee is not running for re election. Mm-hmm. We know that. So, who are the people? that are lining up to run. We There's a few names out there we've already heard. I want to see what Stu has to say and see what he projects coming in this campaign season. A little bit early, but what the heck. I just thought uh, it would be interesting to find that out. 
because it is, again, it's been 12 years since we have yes. had not had an incumbent running for election. And it's big news. Yeah. Big news. Yeah. And that's where you get it right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Voices of History today, we're going to be talking about a lot of different subjects today. So I'm just going to wait and get to that a little later. But it's going to be some interesting subjects today and uh, hope you agree with that. For example, one of them will be featuring Bob Dylan and his first appearance on national TV, which never happened because he walked off the stage. The Ed Sullivan mm, show before really? he uh, played a song. Was it a protest or something? Um, or are you going to tell us? You're going to tell us about it. Yeah, I'll probably tell you when it okay. is. But uh, yeah, you think Bob Dylan? Yeah, there's some protests going on. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, Didn't yeah, like so the we, coffee in the green room, right? <laughs> and then timeless classics for today. This song was recorded several times, but it never hit the big time until the 1972 version. You're going to probably know the artist. I'll tip you on that, but not the song. It's not I Am Woman. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking it through. Eric's shaking his head. Right, because he's jumping he's on this off usually, the cobwebs. But, um, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that uh, sooner than later. And the comedy clip today, we have Pat Cashman back and Lisa Foster, Peculiar Podcast. And you know how... This happens. We all think about this like you're going to the store mm-hmm. or you're walking down the street. Hey, how are you? Do people really care? Right. Right. How are you? Well, you really want to know. No, I really don't want to know, but <laughs> it's like thing to say. Well, of course, Pat has a take a on good this. Take so on. I'm going oh, to play wait. that. Nice. And then uh he talks about some commercials today, the disclaimers down at the bottom. And now that we have DVRs and excuse me, not yeah, DVRs and, and everything else. We record things. We can awesome. stop them and read those disclaimers. And Pat Cashman did on one of them. <laughs> Only Pat Cashman would do that. And I'm going to round it off with Pat today because I um, wanted to go back to one of his skits. And uh, it was when he was with Almost Live. And it was one I will talk about that a little later, why I'm replaying that again. Voices of Experience, what are we about? We talk with people with experience in public affairs travel, fitness, education, entertainment, and some entrepreneurship on the show from week to week. And so we just want to let you know kind of the subjects we cover. If there's anything you'd like to hear on the radio show at any time, you can call us and let us know, 425-653-1166. That's the Voices of Experience uh, hotline. That's 425-653-1166. So coming up in just a few moments, Morning, McDonald. Maura McDonald is she's the director of the environmental program for the Walton Family Foundation. She has more than 20 years experience in wetlands and freshwater conservation. Mora received her undergraduate degree in environmental science from Brown University. So these are some questions I asked her about water and what the future holds. I had an interview with you several years ago about water, the scarcity of it, and the concerns that you have and a lot of people on this planet do. 
Do you feel we're in a better position in recognizing the crisis we have, or are we in denial? Well, I don't know that we've made the changes that we need to address the crisis, but I do think that um, things like what's going on this spring in California with those crazy atmospheric rivers are um, bringing more attention to our issues. And um, it's bringing more attention to the need to, in particular, uh, farmers in California are raising this issue around how we need to um, better protect water in the agricultural context. And, you know, what's kind of great about that is that um, at the Walton Family Foundation, we really spend our time at, right in that space, in that nexus around water, food, and, and climate. And we, what's at that center is agriculture. And the reason that we spend our time there is that agriculture is both the biggest polluter and the biggest user of water worldwide. So when we think about how we protect our water for the long term, and how we protect our oceans and our rivers and our streams and our lakes and our drinking water, we need to think about how we can change our agricultural practices to make them more sustainable. One of my questions is, with all the atmospheric rivers coming through California, how can we capture this water coming in? Um, you know, that's a, that's a great question, and I do think people are starting to broach that question, and we think about it as... Um, you know, it's, a, it's an agricultural problem, right, because most of our land, you know, a huge percentage of our land is used for agriculture. So we, we think about how we can change agricultural practices that allow, um, allow us to take better care of our soil so that we can have more water infiltrate. What would so, some no, of those be that we can do? One of the big ones is cover crops. These are crops that we can grow after we harvest our regular crop in the fall, before we plant our next crop in the spring. And they green up really quickly, and they put roots in the ground, and they hold our soil in place. They improve our soil structure. They improve the infiltration capacity of our soil so that in the, when the spring comes and you have these intense storms, not only do you not have your soil float away with the water into the stream, which pollutes the stream. And, you know, farmers don't want to lose their valuable topsoil. That's their resource that they use for their business to grow their crop. But those cover crops also increase our organic matter in our soil. They make it squishier over time so it can absorb more water and it can then filter that water out slowly over time and make it available for the crop. So that's one great way that we could be um, taking better advantage of our changing our agricultural practices to better uh, capture our water, but also better treat our water for the long term. The other way is that, and this is what they're talking about in California, is how do we make more space for our rivers so that when our rivers overflow, they actually can overflow onto floodplains where naturally water can um, seep in slowly and recharge our groundwater and um, be then accessible for cities and for farmers for a longer term. And that's like, it's, a, it's not an easy proposition, but it is doable. And it's something that people around the world have begun to think about how we can make more space for water. Is there resistance to this or is it just about education? I think it's a little bit of both. I think that there's increasingly interest in how we can better uh, manage our, our agricultural practices to protect our water. But, um, you know, sometimes it costs money. 
And so that's one of the things that we do at the Walton Family Foundation is we develop partnerships. We work with farmers and communities, downstream communities that drink the water. We work with uh, food companies, and we work with governments to help put together projects that help introduce farmers to new practices and help support them during that transition. You know, there's a myriad of farmer styles and, and, and farms that operate in different ways. So, like, really understanding the unique conditions of the farm and, and what they need to take on and make that transition to conservation agriculture, it's, it's just different for each one. So we need to um, find ways to develop the partnerships to provide the right support to meet them where they're at. Are you optimistic we'll be able to do that? I am optimistic that we'll be able to do that. And I'm optimistic that, um, that water is such an important issue and that, you know, as people understand um, more about water and um, its growing scarcity and its importance for our food supply and for, um, for people to be healthy, that people will take more care of their water and they'll think of themselves more as like, oh, I'm here in this watershed, and I know my water comes from this place nearby, and I want to do everything I can to protect it. I think that that's the hope for the long term. I read in uh, information that was sent out uh, before this interview that 2 billion people in the world are living without access to water. That's pretty stunning. How can 2 billion people survive without access to water? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about people who don't have access to water in their homes, so they don't have indoor plumbing. And there's actually a surprisingly large number of people that don't have access to water in their homes, even in this country. And that was a huge challenge during the pandemic when people needed to be able to access water to stop the spread of COVID, to wash their hands more, to have more, uh, to up their, up their hand washing and their hygiene. There's, there's more resources now. That, that issue really came to light. There's more resources now to help more people access water. But at the end of the day, with agriculture being such a big water user, making sure there's enough water for people and enough fresh, clean water for people really does come back to us figuring out how we help farmers change their practices. Anything else before we go? Um, I would just say that, you know, Morning Consult did that great poll, and um, they found that, you know, a lot of people really support this idea of improving our agricultural practices to protect our water. I think they looked at voters and they found 76% supported helping farmers to make that transition to protect our land, our water, and our health. When a flock of geese knocked out two engines on U.S. Airways Flight 1549 right after takeoff from LaGuardia Airport, who would you want in the cockpit? Captain Sully or a pilot on their maiden flight? If Captain Sully was your choice, then experience is important to you. And that's what Voices of Experience with Paul Casey is all about. People with experience in their chosen fields. A variety of topics are explored, including local and national public affairs, self-employment, travel, lifestyles, health and fitness, history, and adventure. Welcome to this edition to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey. Voices of Experience is simulcast on AM 880 KIXI and 1150 AM KKNW on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Voices of Experience is also rebroadcast on Kixie Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. Welcome back. Voices of Experience, 
My name is Paul Casey, and again, we're here with Eric Crema and Eric Ryder working the boards. Now we're moving into a very tense part of our show. <laughs> yeah, we're bringing Pat Cashman oh. on and Lisa Foster. I got like three segments broken up today for their uh, little routines. And again, I will plug their peculiar podcast because it is peculiar and very, very good. Of a lot of segments they've been doing for many years. But anyhow, this is their latest one. And I'm just going to introduce Pat here and hear what he has to say and comment it in a moment. But I assure you that we all go through what he's talking about here. How are you doing? No, I'm fine. <laughs> I am perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Nothing too great, nothing too awful. I think that's an okay place to land, don't nothing you? Nothing too awful. That's really that's great. Who could ask for more? I think that's what you should say when everybody's, you know, people often will say, how are you today when you go up to the cashier? How, they don't care. No, they don't but care. But I think that's going to be my stock answer now. Yeah, not too awful. How about you? Well, I think you could go even further with it, you know, especially what? if it's total strength. Hi, how are you today? Me? Oh! <laughs> 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 I'll take a latte and a, and a bran muffin. <laughs> Cashman and Lisa Foster talking about, how are you doing today? Yeah. And I've always thought about that, too. We all kind of do that. And I started thinking through, well, it's kind of just something you do to be polite. Yes. But people don't really want to know how you're doing today. They just want to hear, I'm fine. Right. If and you- I do it. If you want to throw people, don't give that stock answer of, oh, okay. Actually say, I'm having a terrible day. Right. And, and people stop in their tracks. Have you, you know? done that? I have. Okay. Yeah, I, I read, strangers? I read, yeah, I read somewhere where right. somebody did that for a college experiment, essentially. Okay. Whenever people, so for a week, and they would lodge what, or log what, what happened. Really interesting. I should say that is. Okay, but I've I never like had the guts to do it. End. And I was walking by someone the other day, how are you doing? And then I think. What if I just walk by them? Mm-hmm. You still just kind of want to say something. It's more awkward when somebody walks past you and they don't even say anything. Yeah. Like, well, what's wrong with them? <laughs> They're up. How are you? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. So um, on to another segment that they had, and this is about commercials, more important disclaimers. Let's get into what they had to say about that, and we'll take our take on that. This has nothing to do with anything, Lisa, but speaking of watching TV and mm-hmm. commercials uh you have you seen these com- they used to have a little animated man in these empire carpet commercials mm-hmm. empire today yeah with and those they, yeah you'd be a little guy with a cookie duster mustache and he'd be dancing around and they'd be putting down your flooring or your carpeting or something 800 today well, they're running this ad right now. $99 for carpet, hooray! $99 room sale. $99 for hardwood, okay! I'm getting new floors from Empire today. It's Empire's $99 room sale. Flooring for $99. Empire! Today. $99? They don't say, what's the square footage? You know, they don't ask. Just $99 and you can get your carpet put it? That's a pretty good deal. So, we can do something now that was really not easy to do before we were able to record things or had sophisticated televisions that we could freeze on a frame. Yeah. 
So this time I stopped it and I read the disclaimer at the bottom. Oh, God. So it's $99 sale. Yeah, that sounds great. Does. You can hear how happy the singers are and everything. Well, then this smaller print way below the screen, underneath, but still visible on the screen, says excludes installation, pad, (laughs) other materials, and miscellaneous charges. The $99 is for select styles, which could be only two styles. Oh, Product only, not available in all areas, ends Thursday. (laughs) So all of these things diminish the impact of $99. Yeah. It's like, why even, you know, they select, why don't they select, why don't they sing about $99 doesn't include pad or anything else and it's not available in all areas? He does have a point. Yeah. Here it is. But again, you can now freeze those disclaimers right at the bottom of the screen. You couldn't read them before. But uh, how again, great would it be that be that one customer that actually qualified for it? You know, they're like, well, okay, it is before Thursday. All right. Go, yeah. Then well, go well, down well, the checklist. Then they'll yeah. keep talking. Oh, it's after midnight. Sorry, we're closed. Yeah, right. uh, $99. But I think Pat missed the boat a little bit on this because he didn't bring up one and of the greatest commercials or segments that he did on Almost Live. And he knows this. I talked to him about this years ago. And what I'm going to say is that there's about three times in my life where I lost control <laughs> laughing so hard. I'm watching Almost Live. He comes on and does this segment. I almost choke. I fell out of my chair <laughs> laughing, okay? I was really worried about, you know, if I was going to black out or something. And again, I, there's two other times I'll talk about another time. But you were going to say something, too. About oh, just, I'm with you. When I saw that notation on your notes today, you made my day. This is my all-time favorite. And as you said, you get laughing so hard. It should come with the disclaimer itself. Right. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Don't Warning. watch if you're by yourself or How be by you? yourself. How old are you? <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, this is Roscoe Oriental Rug Emporium. I'm going to say this ran in Almost Live in the late 1990s. So let's hear what uh, Pat has to say about these commercials. And we've all heard these before. At Roscoe's Oriental Rug Emporium, we're saying goodbye. We're closing our store forever. And you can save like never before. Roscoe's Oriental Rug Emporium is saying, that's it. It's over. We're done. Time's up. Farewell. So long. Too long. We're out of here. We really mean it. No kidding. This is really it this time. I know we've said it before, but this is the real deal this time. We're hitting the bricks. Gonna mosey. Gonna sashay. Gonna clear out. Bamboos. Saying adios. Ciao. Vita Zane. Sarenara. Arabara. Off to the way. Go Godspeed until we meet again. Which we won't because Roscoe's Oriental Rug Emporium is closing forever. We're never coming back. It's over. We're done. We're shoving off. Bowing out. Waking off, getting gone, it's at an end. We're cutting out, kaput, finish, drop the curtain, strike head, pull up the snakes, beneath. This is absolutely positively in this We're not pulling your leg on this. Roscoe's Oriental Rug Emporium is down the road. We swear we will never be back. It ain't gonna happen. Forget about it. We're shutting it down. We've lost our lease. Can't find it. Don't care. Because we're done. Chain on this. This ain't no snow job. We're not bluffing. No kidding. 
So shave your big fat bottom down here, because I swear, if you dawdler things around, you'll be SOL, because we're closing forever. Any day now, could be a matter of weeks, days, maybe tomorrow, but then, that's it. Roscoe's only in the rug emporium, going out of business since 1957. There it is. I mean, how can you beat that? Now, I do want to say something. I think when you hear it, I don't know if it's different or is effective, but I'm submitting that Mm. if what you should do is just Google Cashman carpets, and it must have been seen by a lot of people because if you just Google that, Cashman carpets, that will come up. up. So anyhow, you had something to say? Oh, just the way he spirals out of control, but he's in control. Right. And the fact that it's live and he, it, it's brilliant. Just it, it, brilliant. It is. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. And uh, thanks again for that. And let's see, that's again, Pat Cashman and Lisa Foster. Listen to their podcast. It's fabulous, peculiar podcast. All right, welcome back to Voices of Experience, and we have Stu Elway with us. And uh, Stu, did you hear that segment? Were you able to hear it? Yeah, I did. All right, so isn't it it great to follow something like that? Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about the governor's race. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's sober people up here. (laughs) And try to duplicate just what Pat Cashman just did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just give it a shot. So, um, yeah. Maybe it will be funny after a while. But anyhow, I wanted to talk to you, Stu, today about we have Governor Jay Inslee, the longtime governor, three terms, only the second one in history to serve that long. He's bowed out. And of course, we have now another season coming up for gubernatorial candidates. I wanted to talk about that today. If you have any thoughts early on what's going on, let me just start with this. We have um, announced candidates and you may have a few more. Uh, Attorney General Bob Ferguson, um, also a uh, uh, Hillary France. She's a France. Excuse me. She's Democrat, Commissioner of Public Lands. Uh, Ra- Raul Garcia, a doctor from Yakima, Republican. This one, I, I'm not even sure I'm going to pronounce this right. Miss Patty Semibird, and she's a Richmond School Board member. I think there may be some others, but that kind of is what I have right now. Do you have any others beyond that? Well, there are others that are being uh, mentioned. Uh, Mark Mullet, a senator, a Democratic senator, uh, kind of a centrist Democrat, uh, is uh, seems to be in the mix. I saw a uh, uh, rumors of a poll this morning that had Deborah Morales in it, uh, the Seattle City Council person, which was a surprise to anybody who saw that. So we don't know what that is. Um, you mentioned Garcia. There on the Republican side, uh, Jamie Herrera Butler, uh, who Butler, the uh, Congresswoman who was defeated in the from Vancouver, is being being mentioned. Others are mentioning her. She's not saying anything. Um, so, and it's still early. We're still you know a year away um, from the election and almost a year from filing time. But I think most of the candidates will be in by the end of this year. But we've already got, what, six or eight? Um, So it it sets up 
there's there's a couple of things. One of the things it does is opens up a log jam behind the governor's race because now we're going to have an open attorney general seat, an open public commissioner of public land seat. The insurance commissioner Mike Kreidler has decided not to seek re-election. So, including the governor, that's four out of the eight. Uh, executive offices, statewide offices that are going to be open this year. So it's going to be the most contested general election we've had in a generation. And voters are going to have a chance to remake the uh, at least half of the executive branch of state government next year. So it's going to be pretty busy. Bob Ferguson is clearly the favorite right now, correct? Well, we, th- we think so. Um, he certainly has... Um, he has the most money he has, which is what people count at this time in the cycle. Uh, he's raised a lot of money for his AG's races, and he's he just transferred over over $2 million into this governor's race. Hillary France is challenging that in the Public Disclosure Commission. I don't know if that's been decided yet, whether he's able to do that or not. So uh, Ferguson's going to have money and name recognition and uh, – uh, Coming out of King County, he was on the King County Council before he was Attorney General. He's been a statewide officer and very visible one, uh, you know, for the last uh, eight years while he's been in there. He's, he's, you know, he's been on the forefront of uh, suing Donald Trump about 137 times or something like that. So he's got a lot of name recognition. Hillary France has also now been, you know, a statewide um, office holder. Uh, She's been getting around the state. Um, she'll have uh, probably it work. It's expected. I mean, she'll be. Uh, she could be the only woman in the race, which will um, uh, you know provide her with a niche. And uh, she comes from uh, pretty strong environmental credentials, which is um, a factor in Washington state politics. So she'll have that. Uh, Mullet is interesting. He's a he's a Democrat, but he has a lot of business support. He's been a centrist um, uh, uh, senator and and has a lot of support uh, in the business community. Even though he's a Democrat, I don't think the business community is all that thrilled at this point with uh, either Ferguson or France. So um, Mullet has an opportunity there. Um, on the Republican side, um, Garcia was a late entry last time, but got the endorsement of Dan Evans and the moderate Republicans. Um, so he's entering this time early. And, I, you know, the, the centrist moderate Republicans are going to be uh, trying very hard to keep um, the hardcore right wing from capturing the nomination this time as you know, last time it was Lauren Culp who ended up with you know, 43% of the vote, something like that. So um, uh, there'll be a battle uh, over there. I'm 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 certain that there'll be. Um, I don't. I'm not. I'm not really familiar with Bird, but the. Uh, uh, I'm certain there will be candidates from the like the you know the essentially the Freedom Caucus type Republicans on that side. Then you so you put all that in there, and what we've got, I would say, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight candidates, and it's a top two primary. Um, 
So uh, party label, um, you don't get a party nomination. You just go through the general if you get in the top two. So with that many candidates, um, you don't necessarily have to get a lot of votes to win uh, a spot in the primary because the vote will be divided up so much. That's one of the reasons um, Cope got in there last time. So it's going to be very uh, dynamic. Of course it will. Well, thank you very much, Stu, for bringing us up to date on that. I had no idea that was, there were so many candidates. wish we had a little bit more time to go into more detail, but I will well, have you on. We're not done yet. There's well, going to be a lot more. <laughs> right. That's true, too. But it's been 36 years since a Republican has served in the governor's office. And, uh, gee, it's yep. going to be interesting to see if that's strongly broken this year. Yeah. Stu, thank you very much. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Okay, you bet. You bet. Take care. So here we are. Let's go. Uh, well, we'll just jump into um, voices in history. How sure. would that be? I That'd mean, be this great. Be historical moments right now, and this will someday be historical be sure. a history things. So uh, I started out with the top of the show talking about Bob Dylan and his first introduction to the public. Now, his first song that he sang was "Blown in the Wind" that he wrote and sang. Didn't go anywhere. But Peter, Paul, and Mary sang the song, and it became a national hit, Mm -hmm. went to number one. So Bob Dylan benefited greatly from Peter, Paul, and Mary stepping in and making that song a huge hit. Ed Sullivan invited him to sing that song, well, a song on his show on May 12, 1963. But he had other plans. He wanted to perform a song called Talking John Birch. Satirical number skewing the ultra-conservative John Birch Society. Ed Sullivan said, okay, you can do that. But on the day of the show, actually shortly before the show, um, during the dress rehearsal, a CBS executive came on and said, you can't sing that song. Hmm. So Bob Dylan said, "Uh, sorry, I want to sing that song, and if I can't, I'm walking. So he did. He walked off the set. It was covered in the New York Times all across the country, what he did and his public reputation soared. Interesting. He said, uh, and it was said of him that he established himself as a man of very high integrity. And Ed Sullivan denounced the network's decision. But that's really how Bob Dylan really got his first introduction on the national stage by walking out of a show. Have you been? Did in- not know that. Have you been in situations like that in your life where you have this why, you know, it's, it's like a, you go this way, it's going to, you might think it goes one way, your life or, or whatever. Yes. And then there's another way. It's interesting. He had in that moment, but it's hard. Sometimes you can look back and see the fork in the road, but to see it in the moment and just say, this is who I am. And I, and I am, and I'm going to leave because you won't let me sing this. Song. Yeah. And the, and the thing you're right, Eric, and he stuck with his principles. Yeah. He said his ethics, I'm not going to do that. And, and it means a lot to me. And I think if you do that, ultimately, not all the time, it will be immediately come back to you. But he probably did that a lot up to that point. And then sometimes like that will pay off, I guess. Yeah. And you've done you've done segments talking about ethics and business. Right. As well. That's right. Same goes true there. That's right. Absolutely. You don't sometimes think it will all the time, but it definitely does come back. I think the old saying, what goes around comes Mm. around or whatever that is. Um. Let's see, on May 16th, 1929, this was the first Academy Awards show. It was called then the Academy of Motion Pictures 
and it handed out its awards at a dinner party for about 250 people at the Roosevelt Roosevelt Hotel in Hollywood. And um, sound had just been introduced to the movies. The jazz singer was one of the first, not the first uh, talkie movie. They called them talkies then. And it was not allowed to compete for best picture because the Academy decided it was unfair to let movies with sound compete with silent films. Mm. The first official best picture winner was Wings. Wings told the story of two World War I pilots who fall in love for the same woman. Silent movie, but we've seen that picture many, many times. Yeah. On May 16th, 1985, three British scientists announced detection of low levels of ozone layer over the South Pole. Their discovery is one of the most famous success stories in the history of climate activism. Immediately, 46 nations signed the Montreal Protocol, pledging to phase out substances known as ozone depletion in their chemicals. The United Nations ratified the treaty immediately. As a result, scientists now predict that ozone layer will return to its pre-1980 levels by the end of the 21st century. That's so it shows if you collectively do something, and that's only 1985, it can work. It would be nice to have the same effort into climate change. But uh, we're still waiting, I think, for people to come along on that bandwagon. I remember the 80, uh, mid-'80s, and, and that was the first time I'd heard that, that term, the ozone layer. You know, I was in high school. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know what it was. I didn't fathom and it. And a hole opened up yeah. in the South Pole. I'm going, what does that mean? Is it a real hole? or exactly. I just wanted whatever. to get gas for my car. Yeah. You know, that's, exactly. that's where I was at back then. But uh, A couple more. On May 17, 1954, the U.S. Supreme Court made a unanimous decision in Brown versus Board, Board of Education of Topeka, ruling that racial segregation in public educational facilities is unconstitutional. Linda Brown was a young African-American girl. She was denied entrance into the Topeka Public School because she was black. Linda Brown was born February 20th, 1943, and she died March 15th, 2018. A couple of items from Washington State. On May 16th, 1864, a ship carrying 11 young women, led by Asa Mercer, arrived in Seattle from New England. This was the first of two contingents of Mercer girls to arrive in Seattle and uh, the arrival of women had an instant impact on Seattle's mostly male frontier culture. You can read between the lines on that one. And that included the town's first public school teacher. This historical event, as many of you may know, it was inspired by the TV series called Here Come the Brides that aired in the early 1970s, starring Robert Brown, Edmonds, Bridget Hanley, David Soule, and Bobby Sherman. Paul, you're such a longtime resident here in Seattle. Do you remember, what is that famous book? I don't remember Asa Mercer. No, <laughs> I didn't be that far back. <laughs> no, I wasn't here then. <laughs> no, the book, what is the sort of the quintessential book on Seattle? Sons talks all about Fathers. Is that it? Something like that. Talks all about the Denny family, talks about the Mercer girls. It's really fascinating. I and as you're driving it. around, you start to realize, oh, that happened there. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, let's find that out maybe before we leave. You okay. know, we, I'm on we'll it. We'll look that up. You'll do that because um, you're coming up in just a few moments with an interview you have coming. Let's see. I have time for one more. I don't, well, yeah, I do. This is a good one. <laughs> it's kind of funny. On May 15th, 1922, 
Cedro Woolley residents awoke to find an elephant rampaging through their small town. Tesco, the elephant, got loose, causing all sorts of mayhem before his capture. Now, Tesco was part of a traveling circus. Years later, a sideshow husker brought Tesco to Seattle. Mayor John Doerr was outraged at the animal's treatment. He had Tesco confiscated, and Tesco spent a few peaceful months at Woodland Park Zoo before passing away in 1933. So those are courtesy of the History Channel, this day in history. If you enjoy this at all, you'll have a great time uh, Googling that and uh, looking at all the historical every day of the year. And historic, more locally, again, historic, historylink.org would uh, be the information I get from the uh, highlights from Washington State. So we um, be take a break right here. We'll be right back with your interview, Eric, in just a few moments. You just received some startling news. You're going to need brain surgery. But the doctor also says your prospects for total recovery are excellent. The doctor is very confident with his prognosis. He's performed hundreds of similar surgeries during his career. Who would you choose, this doctor or another doctor who's never performed this type of surgery? If the doctor who's performed similar surgeries is your choice, then experience is important to you. That's what Voices of Experience with Paul Casey is all about. People with experience in their chosen fields. Topics explored, including public affairs, self-employment, travel, health and fitness, history, and adventure. Welcome to this edition to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey. Voices of Experience is simulcast on AM 880 KIXI and 1150 AM KKNW on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Voices of Experience is also rebroadcast on Kixie Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. And welcome to Spotlight on Success. I am Eric in studio with me. For the first time in a long time in person is Luke Miner. He is with WA529. That is the Washington College Savings Plan. We're going to learn all about that, who it's right for, and how it can save you money if you sort of play your cards right. So, Luke, welcome to the studios here in person. Great to see you. You as well, Eric. So glad to be back. Thanks for having us back. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, of course, COVID and all that, we've done some of these over Zoom. Um, but like I say, it's nice to have you in studio. Uh, for those people who are unfamiliar with the uh, WA529 uh, plan, can you talk about that a little bit? And uh, then we'll kind of get into who it's right for. Of course. So WA529 or Washington College Savings Plans are two different programs that the state of Washington offers to help families save for future college costs, typically for a young child. That's the prime time to get started uh, thinking about saving for college. But for those families who didn't get that opportunity to get a head start, we do also offer a variety of savings tools that can help students of any age, even folks who may be considering uh, as an adult going back and upskilling and getting uh, new, new education for that. They can use a 529 account like what we offer to pay for those uh, what we're calling anything, something after high school. We're talking college, career readiness training, apprenticeship programs, trade schools, technical schools. Uh, there's a whole variety of types of education that you can use these savings for. That's one of the things I find really interesting about this is because we all have that traditional 
thought in our mind of college, you know, four-year college, going away, maybe being in a dorm, that sort of thing. But this is pretty flexible. It allows you to do things like trade school, I would imagine nursing school, um, these kinds of things, which sort of are outside that four-year common common experience. That's exactly right. And as we know, there's been a narrative in the past, that uh, in the not-too-distant past, where it, college was talked about as the four-year university. That's what students need mm-hmm. to get. But the reality is that's not what every student needs. Students need the skills to get them the job that they want. And so we've had to adapt as an industry to make sure that we're speaking to all families who and individuals who, again, they want to uh, pursue the types of training or education that's going to ultimately get them to the career or the career transition that they want to do. And so we've evolved over time more broad uses for mm-hmm. these. And the whole thing is it's about advancing your education and your technical and or your technical training. You know, just driving in when I drive into work here, just seeing all the help wanted signs of things like HVAC companies and electric, electrical companies and plumbing company. There is a lot of need there, certainly on the medical side as well. Uh, there's a lot of need period right now in the workforce. Uh, so things like this, programs like this can actually help families and, and, uh, uh, children inside the family save some money. Exactly. And so that's what these programs are designed for. Uh, there are a variety of funding options out there for college and technical training, especially for families that have financial need. But most families still need to pay something, even if they get significant financial aid, they'll need to pay something out of pocket. And so these savings tools help families get a head start on that with the whole goal that they're reducing the need for student loans in the future. We all know how big that number is. Um, it, currently, it's up to $1.7 trillion in student loan debt. Mm. And our goal is to help families start thinking about this early on, you know, ideally grade school, even younger when a child is born or before, to think about how you can make those small efforts over time. It adds up and you have a nest, nice nest egg available to pay for those uh, college expenses, things that scholarships or aid may not uh, help pay for uh, and again, the end goal being let's reduce that student loan debt. Let's set the student up for success so when they can enter the workforce, uh, you know, get started on their first home, buy a car, all those things that are easier to do when you don't have that debt burden coming out of school. Huge difference. Huge difference for sure. Uh, we work with a lot of, I would say, millennials here that are dealing with that, you know, just paying off that school debt, Millennial, millennials and beyond. Um, let's talk about the GET program. How does that work? So the GET program is the program the state's offered for over 20 years. It's called a prepaid tuition program. And essentially what it does is acts like tuition insurance or uh, protection against tuition inflation in our state. So if you buy a year of tuition today at a set price, which is matched to current college tuition rates at University of Washington or Washington State University, you've already prepaid that year of tuition. And so no matter how much tuition changes into the future, I mean, again, you can buy this for a newborn child, and so potentially you're not using it till 18 years in the future. No matter how much tuition has gone up over that time, you've locked in that year at that price, and you know that you have a year of tuition in the state of Washington covered. A misconception people often have because we're tied to Washington tuition rates is that what what happens if my student doesn't go to Washington mm-hmm. College? Am I out that money, or can I not use it? And the good news is it's portable, so we always price and value the GET program and these tuition units that people buy based on UW and University and uh, WSU tuition. But you can take that money wherever you want, uh, including, you know, you could use it at Q- 
community college lo- locally and save a lot of money. And so you wouldn't need a full year's worth of tuition units to pay for that because it's significantly cheaper than the cost of UW. But if you went to a private school where the tuition is significantly higher, you would need to purchase more years of tuition uh, than you otherwise would have uh, had you gone to a public university. Sounds really flexible. Yeah. Uh, what about what the money can be used for in terms of, is it just tuition? Is it room and board, books? How, how can you access that money once you're in that position that you're going to need it? Another great question, another misconception, especially about GET because it's tied to tuition. There's a broad variety of uses. It's not just tuition. There's a variety of fees you also pay at a school. There's room and board. The cool thing about the room and board is it's not just on uh, on campus costs if you're living in a dorm and have a meal plan. It can be if you're a part-time student or a full-time student living off campus, paying rent, buying groceries. Those are the eligible expenses that you can use your savings for. Uh, also, computer equipment. We all know that it's pretty much impossible mm. to do any education yeah, now without the, the equipment. So. So technology equipment, if we're talking apprenticeship programs, uh, you often need tools that you have to purchase on your own. You can use a 529 to help cover those expenses. So it's pretty broad in the usage. And again, GET and DreamHead both can be used for those expenses. And despite the fact that GET, the way it is priced and valued is tied to tuition rates. Now, as our daughter was growing up, uh, there would be events, holidays, Christmas, birthdays, these sorts of things. And uh, the grandparents and uncles and aunts would, would give a little gift. Is this a situation where they can kind of get involved and maybe help out with the savings process from infancy all the way up to the time of school? I feel like you should be out there helping us tell the story because <laughs> you got it exactly right. That's one of the best ways that you can help a student is, is they say it takes a village to raise a child. And that's very much true when it comes to college savings. It does make a great gift to commemorate special occasions. Um, and it doesn't even have to replace the toys. We all know I have a three-year-old. I know she wants toys and I right. would be in big trouble if I didn't get her something, yeah. but she all, yeah, here's she also, a receipt. <laughs> yeah. But she also doesn't need hundreds of dollars worth of toys. And so, uh, money, you can do the little gift, but you can also make a contribution for that gift of a lifetime that she won't out, ever outgrow. It'll be with her for the rest of her life, an investment in her future education. So yes, we encourage grandparents, aunts and uncles to get involved. You can contribute to a child's existing account or a grandparent can even set up their own account to contribute money to for a student. It's very flexible. Now, we have a couple of minutes left, so am I missing anything that really needs to be said today? You know, we didn't talk much about the Dream Ahead plan, but I'd encourage folks to go to 529.wa.gov to check out information about Dream Ahead and GET. But we're here talking a lot about the GET program today, and it's very timely and important because we have an annual enrollment period for GET that ends on May 31st, so just a couple weeks away. And we want to make sure that families have the opportunity to get started this year. Uh, again, lock it in while the, the children are young and, and just get your savings journey started. May 31st is your opportunity to get in this year. Information's at 529.wa.gov. And that's the best resource to learn about these programs and figure out how you can make those small efforts that add up over time. So 529.wa.gov. And as I remember, going on that website, it's really helpful. It's easy to navigate. Tons of information. It all pretty much expels it out right there. Exactly. That that's what we try to do. We try to keep it simple for folks to help guide them to an informed decision. And again, take take control of that future. Set their child up for future success. Uh, make that investment early. Well, I sit here as sort of an example of kind of what not to do along these lines because I did sort of the more traditional. I didn't know about this program. It was just saving, 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 sweating it, 
You know, a lot of, particularly once my daughter was in her teen years, a lot of sleepless nights saying, okay, how are we going to make this happen? Uh, And I worked, uh, consequently, I ended up working with someone who had gone through GET the entire time of his child raising and was not sweating it. Was, you know, he he was able to see the amounts, gauge where he was going to be, and send her off to college with the full knowledge that he could pay for it. That, that's exactly what GET is all about. And, you know, there are many families who are fortunate to have been exposed to GET early and uh, contributed that along the way. But the good thing is the state's come a long way in what we're offering to provide options for families who may be a little bit behind in their savings efforts. So I encourage anyone who wants to send a child to school or even go back to school themselves to go check out 529.wa.gov. There, sh- there should be a savings option available for you to help get ahead of those expenses. Thank Luke. Uh, thank you, Luke, for being here today. Really appreciate it. Luke Miner, WA 529 Director. Uh, safe travels as you head back down south. Uh, and appreciate your time coming into the studio today. Thanks a lot. Good to be back face-to-face. Sounds good. And we'll have another topic coming up on another edition of Spotlight on Success real soon. And before that uh, particular interview, we had the question... Who wrote, what was the book regarding the history of Seattle? Here you go if you want to check out this book. Skid Road, Murray Morgan is the author. Coincidentally, he also wrote Puget's Sound. That's with the apostrophe S, Puget's Sound, all about Tacoma. So check it out and learn about your local area. Thank you, Eric. Next week, Emily Kaufman, known as Travel Mom, will be joining us. She's been in Good Morning America, NBC Nightly News, the Today Show, CNN, etc., but she gets her big, big break next week being on Voices of Experience. We're going to be talking about what trends are there in summer travel this summer coming up. It's too late to get affordable family summer vacation, and what should families look for in hotel stays? That's all coming next week. Quote of the week. Someone asked me if I were stranded on an island, what book would I bring? How to Build a Boat. Stephen Wright. This week's Timeless Classic, coming up next. This week's Timeless Classic was written by Kenny Rankin. The song was first released in 1967 and was recorded over the years by several artists, but never gained much traction. But this version, recorded in 1973, hit the sweet spot and soared to number 12 in the U.S. and to number 1 in Canada. Released in May of 1973, Helen Reddy and Peaceful. In the morning fun when no one will be drinking any more wine. I'll wake the sun up by giving him a fresh air full of the wind cup. And I won't be found in the shadows hiding so And I can wait for fate to bring around to me any part of my tomorrow, tomorrow.
And the dew settles in my mind And I think of friends in the yesterday When my plans were giggled and run I had a song while on the run And its love brought a tear to my eye And maybe someday you'll up and say We had a pretty nice time all of my life 